Welcome to the Efficient Spend podcast, where we help marketers turn media spend into revenue. My guest today is Mayor Sadra. Mayor, thank you for being here. Thank you, Paul. It's an honor. Thank you for inviting me. Very excited to chat with you. I was hoping that you could give the audience just some context into who you are and also your experience with optimizing marketing spend. Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, hey, Paul. So I'm Maor Sadra. That's how you pronounce my name. Maor, by the way, means the moon and the sun in Hebrew, if you were ever wondering. Um, I've been in marketing technology for some time now. And uh, for those who watch this in video, you see gray hair here. This is like 20 something years of marketing technology. I've pretty much grew from the bottom up. Um, I've spent like a decade on the web days and then made the smart switch to mobile. And yeah, I would say that like through my entire career I was mostly on the media side, a little bit on the marketing side myself. Um, previously, I was CEO for a company called Uplift, which is a performance network out of Germany and with 15 other offices. And then a little bit more than two years ago, I co-founded a company called Incremental. Incremental is a SaaS platform that is a measurement solution for incrementality without needing user level data. And as you can imagine, our timing was pretty good. Uh, no user level data measurement around the same time Apple announced ATT. And yeah, Incremental is scaling nicely. I recently also moved to Israel as the team is growing and I couldn't do the remote thing forever. I was in Germany before that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I became introduced to Incremental last year after listening to you on a podcast with Singular. Singular does a, a great job with, with content and they really accelerated that after uh, the changes on iOS. Um, and we've been working to, together for about seven to eight months now, I would say, leveraging Incremental's platform at self. So I have some firsthand experience into, into the tool. To give the audience a sense of scale of Incremental, uh, roughly how much spend has gone through the platform at this time? So we say I need to check the latest figures, but anywhere between two and three billion so far. Like just remember that again, the product is out in markets only since September 2021. So we do see, I think, a nice sizable amount. Um, and I could also mention in terms of scale, like incremental is not like a vertical specific or medium specific. So today we have customers across 12, I think, verticals. This is like fintech, gaming, education, health, mobility, travel, I don't know, like you name it, I think we have like customers in that vertical. And again, we see mobile, web, influencers, linear TV, connected TV, billboards. Uh, we even have one customer who measured World Cup sponsorship and like crazy mega like TV global campaigns. So yeah, while we're still relatively small as a startup, like we, we have some good like logos, I would say already using the platform. For sure. Two to $3 billion of spend optimized or analyzed is a big number. And I'm sure that there are a number of learnings that marketers could, uh, could get from, from looking at that, that spend, uh, the main value prop and the main reason that we went with incremental is this ability to essentially measure anything that we want regarding marketing spend. And the thing that you've uh, bet on more than anything else is using a specific type of 
incremental measurement called causal inference, right? There are multiple ways to uh, measure marketing spend, multiple ways to measure incrementality. Why this big bet on causal inference? It's kind yeah, of what so you've shaped your entire company around, right? Um, so why this big to bet? Specify, to specify, yeah. by the way, I would say the, the, the kind of like methodology is around causal data science. Causal inference, by the way, might be a little bit like um, um, confusing because causal inference is also a specific model, by the way. Uh, but I would say causal data science, which is pretty much kind of like the metho methodology we utilize, is all about understanding effect and the cause that caused this effect. So your user base grew in a certain um, OS or a certain market. And essentially what we're doing is rather than attributing anything on a user level, we're attributing to the change, okay? So you've started a massive TV campaign. We saw now more conversions than what was predicted to have happened if it wasn't for this TV campaign. That's essentially what we are attributing if we use that keyword. Now, again, coming in, coming obviously from like 20 years of marketing tech, I, I've always known of like how you could do an incrementality test, which is pretty much standards. Like you have the randomized control group or A-B testing, you know, you show half the users an ad and half the users PSA and try to compare are the users that are exposed performing in parentheses better than the users that aren't. Now, the challenge with its methodology was always there that like as a marketer, you could only do it on a single platform where you can do this audience split, okay? Only on Facebook. And then as a marketer, you needed to really, really do mental gymnastics to tell yourself, you know what? The users are not showing ads to, they're not seeing ads anywhere else. <laughs> this, those users on Facebook, they don't go on Google. Right. <laughs> and they don't use TikTok and they don't use Snapchat and they don't watch TV. It's as almost as, like you want to believe that like every single channel has this like planet of users and there is no interstellar travel between, uh, which again, is kind of like, I think again, 20 years of digital marketing where like we all relied on attribution data where it really showed nicely, like this line is Google, this line is Facebook and so on. Like had us start thinking that this is really the picture, but Google has 96% market share. Right. Technically speaking, any marketer in the world could just put their money on Google and they're fine. Like you reach everyone. Um, now, this was one way like that I like we didn't like about this methodology. But second, of course, was what Apple did. It basically killed this methodology. You just can't do that anymore. Um, now, the other methodology, which actually for me was one of the inspirations of the company, was what is called GeoLeaf testing. Like uh, any marketer in the world could tomorrow morning just stop marketing and wait and understand how much organics you have without paid marketing. And then restart channel, measure the Delta, next channel, measure the Delta and so on. So any marketer could do that. There's like a couple, couple of challenges with this methodology. One is like you not marketing means you don't market. And sure. for, me, the, for me, the like stop marketing to measure marketing sounds absurd, but more importantly, this methodology basically assumes that nothing else affects your performance other than paid marketing. So uh, promotion, seasonality, changes in the world, changes in users behavior. Essentially, it basically says, you know what, December and January are the same months. Okay. Which again, I just, we thought that this methodology doesn't really make sense. So we had to come up with another way. And 
this other way for us was causality and another understanding which was pretty obvious that like marketers make tons of changes already and as long as we can log the changes we could build models around it right the idea of did this uh change in our media mix result in incremental conversions is an interesting one i also think about the holistic na nature of a media mix and a customer journey, somebody seeing multiple ads to convert, and how do you actually determine what was the thing that ultimately persuaded them to make the decision? Have you seen um, discrepancy between things that are measured as not incremental on your platform, but having that same spend change leading to click-based or view-based conversions. And how do you think about that discrepancy? Meaning we know we spent in this area, it showed up as not being incremental uh, based on your methodology. We saw that that spend led to people that were clicking on ads and then converting. What do we do with that, right? How do we determine, should we be spending more here or should we not be spending more in this area? Cool. So like two things I want to actually address. So my, I'm going to start with your specific question. Yeah. Uh, if you're a brand and you're a relatively well-known brand with a unique brand name, if you tomorrow morning open the massive campaign on Google targeting your keywords, attribution will show you a lot of conversions. It's just obvious. When people are going to Google your name. If you're a well-known brand, people will see, oh, wow, and first link, I'm just going to click it. You're just going to get a lot of conversions as reported, as attributed, like using clicks, uh, using impressions, and so on. But in reality, I think both you and I might agree that these conversions are likely not incremental. It means you would be getting those regardless. Now, sure. I would say, like, what we are basically showing here is, again, we're measuring the incrementality. Did this action of opening this campaign cause you to gain more conversions than you would have if it wasn't for this action? But... The interesting and kind of like confusing part here is that attribution reporting, telling you all these conversions were attributed to your brand keyword campaign. Attribution is correct. They did get attributes. Sure. Okay? They're, they're just not incremental. So it's quite a different view. And I'm, I want to address it like a different point you mentioned. So three plus years ago, my vision was I'm going to build the best multi-touch attribution solution. So I had like decks and ideas to how could we tap into users' proximity location and like proximity to other users that might have the same product. How could we basically build like a three-dimensional physical device graph that would basically tell me everything about you as an individual. And then I can infer in retrospect, oh, wow, you converted because of this. Now, here there are like two things that stopped me. One was that like offline, like, how would you like ingest that the user, I don't know, saw a billboard ad or saw a TV ad, linear TV. Sure. But second was the this notion is like, does it really make sense to collect so much data to answer such a simple question? Like, why did the user do something? Uh, and you know what? Even with that, we wouldn't know. Like, because, you know, there are certain products that you could necessarily maybe infer like, um, an action to an action, like a click to a conversion. 
But once you start thinking a little bit more complex user funnels, and FinTech would be perfect for this, think automotive. Okay? Like you didn't see a banner and went and bought a car. It just doesn't work like that. <laughs> Right. Um, maybe maybe some statistically like do a but, great uh, banner, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like an awesome banner. But the point is again, it's like all the like user level tracking in the world wouldn't still tell me the simple question: Why did this user do this? And and I say I don't think we would ever actually know in like statistics and with tracking. I a the world is not going there, and I wouldn't want to be in that like world. Like, yeah. What, one of the big things that I've noticed after working with you is just the problem that is been cannibalization and how big of a problem that actually is because of advertisers relying on attributed data. What you have is marketers running these campaigns and Google and Facebook and TikTok optimized towards direct response, all of this media spend, uh, and a lot of it in automated audiences going towards these direct response events. But like you said, how much of that is reaching the same users over and over and over again? You can do what you, you can do as much as you want around excluding different audiences and things of that nature. But the fact remains, those individual pixels are, pixels are not talking to each other. Um, that multi-touch problem is, is very hard to solve. And so what do you do? One of the outcomes that I've begun to internalize is, okay, you need to optimize towards net new users and reaching net new users and in a lot of cases, a media mix may skew towards performance where you should actually incorporate more upper funnel reach-based media into it. You mentioned billions of dollars in spend going through your platform. Um, what kind of massive changes do you see advertisers making You know, three, six months after using incremental? What are they cutting? What are they reinvesting into? I wonder, uh, you know, yeah, what kind of actions you see as a result of the of incremental? I, I so I think there, it's not necessarily a bias, but um, currently incremental is very much inbound based. Like we don't go and try to convince those who are not convinced. So, and I, I want to comment on that specifically. It's um, like we have onboarded in the past customers where incrementality will often show a rather clean picture, means. Hey, things are not as good as you think they are. They're not necessarily as bad as you think you are, but here are channels where like you're not getting this amount of value you are actually thinking you're getting. Because in a way, one thing you need to remember, this entire industry is in a way skewed towards this like direction where the media vendors, even if they're the best media vendors in the world, again, let's name some name, like we're talking about Google, we're talking about Meta, we're talking about TikTok and so on. These platforms are all built to get postbacks. Hey, I generated a conversion to you. And based on that, these platforms are now trying to look for similar users for you. Now, with this entire system, okay, is built around, I'm getting a postback that tells me, hey, I'm, I've gotten you fish. I'm just gonna look for more fish. 
these platforms don't necessarily know that they are now fishing in your backyard. Okay. Why go out to the ocean when you can just, <laughs> yeah. Now, in a way, I would say it's it's not out of evilness or something like that. It's literally how the system is like built. Now, since we're moving towards this like privacy-centric world and you start seeing more of the vendors actually looking for how could I actually ensure value, which would be incrementality, the challenge there is that the system is not yet built to kind of accept, hey, this is what I've generated for you based on attribution data, but this is how much you actually got based on incrementality. The system is going towards that like direction, I would say. But to your, your actual question, so again, companies who come or like like inbound and they like know what they're looking for usually are quite wow. eager to find those efficiencies. And I would say first, like last couple of months definitely have been more about efficiencies. Like when we'll ask companies, hey, do you want to? It's really about efficiencies because financial markets change. The market is now understanding that a the true cost per conversion has never been sense. It's usually been in the dollars or more. And to understand that again, to to really generate growth takes a lot more effort than what people thought. It's not just let's start the campaign and set a CPI goal and hope for the best. Or or, or not, we don't even need to hope for the best. We need to actually start doing a little bit more work and understanding audience behavior, creatives, and so on. Right. Um, do you think that? Uh the incremental tool can help to kind of validate a more full funnel media mix? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Companies use that all the time. Because again, it's like one thing, I, I don't know if I'm sometimes too honest for my own good, but I will say to people, hey, uh, value is relative. Performance is relative. Okay. No channel is going to be forever good and forever bad, or a channel might be good for you and bad for your competitor and vice versa. It, the same channel might be great, in January and horrific in December. And again, like decision-making when it comes to mix are not like a one-off. It's not like this channel is good, this channel is bad, I should spend yeah. this amount. Like you need to consistently look at what is the value I'm getting now and what direction should I be going? Up or down, up or down, up or down all the time. And that's that needs to be dictated based on your overarching strategy. Are we trying to reduce cost per acquisition? Are we trying? Are we willing to scale at the cost of user acquisition? Um, those are like strategic questions that companies usually should come with already. Otherwise, it's just exploration. And exploration will often show people a rather gleam reality where a like 20, 30% of your ad spend is wasted, sometimes more. Right. Coming into coming into the, <clears throat> the partnership and onboarding the tool with a idea of the goals that you want to achieve brings me to my next question. Um, so, the way that I've thought about incremental and the way that I feel a lot of companies leveraging uh, your software think probably okay. We want to test all of these different things. Um, let's come up with a list, build a G sheet. Here are the things that we think might not be incremental that we want to test that are really incremental. And there's a lot of ways to slice that data on the campaign level, on the source level, um, on the OS level, uh, on the, the funnel level, right? Should we be doing more upper funnel stuff or lower funnel stuff? Should we be doing retargeting? Um, I wonder, you know, when advertisers come to you and 
they're thinking about coming up with this budget testing framework to assess where they should be making their bets. Do you have any feedback or any thoughts on, on how they should be thinking about that? Mm, I would say it's like, usually when it comes to, like we see it as there's a way to validate the platform because we are in predictive analytics. So it's quite important sometimes for companies to kind of like vet the models because you want to know that the models are not BSing. Um, <laughs> you, sure. uh, yeah. And once it goes to that, again, it's kind of like understanding what you actually want to see from a strategy standpoint. Again, scaling up, scaling down is kind of like the overarching strategy. But then uh, I would say it's always about like dissecting every single activity in every single level. And um, what I can tell you that I've been surprised multiple times. Like I've like I had a strong bias towards brand keywords, thinking that most of the time it's not incremental and cannibalization and so on. I've seen cases where it was. I've seen cases where it wasn't. I try to come up with some kind of a framework when brand keywords are incremental and when not. But again and again and again, data has often like proved me wrong and that my own personal biases don't necessarily mean anything to actual measurement. Same goes for like TV, like, uh, like linear TV. Connected right. is a small, a small part. Um, I actually assume that like linear TV and TV as, as a whole would be pretty much amazing across the board. But I can tell you that there's verticals I've seen that I've never seen like TV campaigns doing anything good for them. And, and again, from a like um almost kind of like an opinion standpoint, my strong opinion was like TV works for everybody. It doesn't it doesn't work for many, it doesn't work sure. for everybody. Yeah. So what I again I think what I learned the most is that there's no run one rule fits all at all. Right. Which is uh not always the answer you want to hear as a marketer. We want things to be simple, right? <laughs> we just want to know, we should be spending more on TV or we shouldn't. And the answer is, it depends. You need to measure it. And it might work for you now. It might work for you in six months. And you're really not going to know until you test it and, and measure it. Um, did want to go back to kind of this conversation that we're having around how do we leverage multiple uh, sources of measurement to come to a uh, more holistic understanding of our mix. Because I personally think that while incremental is one read that we can do to measure marketing spend, it's only one. And I do still rely on attributed data, things like geotesting, right? One of the other things that I'm starting to think about more, which I honestly haven't done in the past as much as relying more on survey-based data, right? Customer surveys. I know that you're working a lot on this one result, right? The read that we're getting in incremental. Do you, do you think, how do you think that advertisers should think about all of these different measurement sources, right? I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that the smart marketer would never utilize a single methodology. Right. And it's also use cases. So take real-time attribution data, okay? A, it's real-time. Literally, the word has it. And while it's last touch and yeah, has a lot of caveats, last touch at least normalizes everything. Like MTA was my dream, but mm -hmm. MTA is crazy difficult to build. Uh, I would probably also say impossible in today's world, but 
let's say if you had the user level data, it's quite difficult to build. And then once you've added a new medium into the picture, whatever MTA logic you had is broken. You need to now redo it. So I think last touch is great because it normalizes everything. Okay, last touch, they get the credit. Now, last touch is awesome for things like A-B testing audiences, creative testing, like, like if you have two creatives, one is blue, one is red, and the blue one has a better CTR and CR, it's better. It's like, you don't need any other like data points to really tell you this one is working better, okay? Statistically speaking, again, maybe like we can say that maybe at certain situation, the red one with the lowest CTR and a lower uh, CR would work. But generally speaking, the, the first one works. Now, when it comes to survey, again, if they, like we could just ask users what brought you here and they give us an answer, that's awesome. Now, when it comes to kind of like methodology, you want as many inputs pointing towards you're making the right decision. Mm -hmm. If it's last touch and incrementality and survey base, and now let's also add MMM to the picture, um, then you're, you're pretty much covered. And again, every single methodology has different pros and cons and caveats and use cases specifically, but the smart marketer at a certain scale is going to be utilizing everything and not a single, like not a single, like I'm just going to go all in with last touch, last touch. If you go all in with last touch, I have an analogy for this. It's kind of like running a sports team where you only pay the person scoring to the point where you fire everybody else. Yeah. Just, just not how marketing works. Yeah. I still, there is some credit to assign to that last touch, but not a hundred percent of the credit. Um, yeah. It seems like multi-touch would be the best thing, but the data sources and availability makes it just super complicated and difficult to actually do, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. I think it's just it's just not necessarily worth it. So, like building an MTA takes crazy amount of investments. Mm -hmm. Like uh, again, in data sources. Uh, so, sorry, data science, machine learning. Um, gathering the data, building the warehouse, to answer such a simple thing that you still might be wrong about. Right. And it get, it needs to get updated all the time. And then you need to work with fractional. And again, depending on your conversion, like funnel, it might only give you the picture like 14, sometimes longer days after the fact. Last touch, it's like, it's there. I know that uh, a big thing that um, your champion of is using your source of truth data, meaning taking attribution out of it, right? Um, maybe if you'd like, just talk through the incremental onboarding process at a high level, because it was super simple when we did it. I don't know if it's changed at all, but for marketers looking to, to test the, the platform, what do they need to get started, right? Yeah. So generally what we need is like, we need ad spends, like everything, TV, digital, whatever, typically on a campaign level. And we can also pull it directly from most of the platform. And for anything else, like offline, seven out of 10 is going to just put it on a Google sheet. That's like the most common way to integrate. Um, I always say it with a smile because I like I actually was shocked when we had like the first very large company that said, can we put it on a Google sheet? Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> second data point we need is the marketing KPIs in aggregate form only. So like, 
let's say you want to measure like signups, then we would ask you to give us signups by day, by country, by platform, iOS, Android, web, retailer, whatever. Um, now, technically speaking, we don't really care about how much whatever form of attribution says Facebook generated, Google generated, TikTok generated, TV generated. It's irrelevant for us. Like we are literally doing something quite different. Then once you basically get to this granularity, the main reason why we ask people like, hey, give us whatever you deem as your source of truth is that if, I don't know, tomorrow your attribution gets bombed with bots and you suddenly see like a million more signups, I don't want that. Like but technically, again, I can get it. And if you clean your data retrospect, I can overwrite that. But I just want to deal with the data that you deem is the most accurate. Right. That's why totals make it quite simple. Um, the only reason why some companies would want to give us their attributed data is mainly just on the platform from a cosmetic standpoint, see what attribution says, what incremental says. But generally speaking, like we don't really care. And so uh, you're ingesting um, the spend data and then this ag aggregate data at scale. We started working with you. You're a newer company, right? And now you're you're scaling. Um, Think you raised around last year, right? And you're continuing to hire more. Did the rebrand this year, which is super awesome. From a product development perspective, how does incremental get better? How do you start to take advantage of this larger and larger amount of spend data, conversion data that you're getting? Is it able to? How does it get better to so that? you know, all marketers can benefit. What does incremental look like in five, 10 years at this scale, right? I'd love to just learn about that because um, it seems like, and I'm not a data scientist, but my bro science basics understanding is more data equals better, right? So what do you do with that? And, and how does that improve the product? Interesting. So I would say that currently there is, pretty much no cross customer learning. So more data better is more towards the individual customer rather than cross customers. We did do at some point like a research around 30,000 app featureings on app stores just to figure out that only one type of featuring really makes an impact. Okay. But generally speaking, there is like no real cross learning. Um, maybe from a domain knowledge, again, we would like, you know, for example, we know as a team now, and the data shows us that gaming works, has a peak during like Christmas, for example, but we actually don't apply it in the model. So there is no bias in the model. There is a model consideration for holidays, but the model will basically see that for your gaming company, uh, for example, there is no like more observed conversions during Christmas. The model will say, you know what? I don't care about the scoring. I'm sticking to what I see. Um, but I would say kind of like from a product standpoint, where, where incremental will be. So there is one area, which is the onboarding. Like, indeed, we built it in a way where it's quite simple. So we want to take it self-service. Like, anyone can just onboard themselves. It should be quite simple and just allow people to, like, experiment with the platform without any, like, before they need to even consider a like, subscription, no subscription, and so on. So that's one area. But the more interesting areas is um, one is autonomous, which is a feature we launched recently, which basically says, hey, uh, you don't need to measure stuff. Here's the results. Okay, Autonomous is a little bit more simplified for the, I would say, 
average marketer or or CMO who want to just make decisions. They like okay, they already got the modeling, they trust the modeling, they just want the data, like the results. That's one area. The other bigger area we're heading towards is what we call a ground truth. So today, as a company called Incremental, we're measuring the incremental value. You've scaled up on Google, here's the incremental value. Ground truth will basically say, here is the value, not here's the incremental value. Here's the value of Google. Total, ground truth, means that we are essentially going towards the attribution space from an incrementality standpoint, but without the user of user level data and being omni-channel. So for brands who are active on multiple channels, which today they only have point solutions. You have a mobile measurement solution, you have a web measurement solution, you have a TV measurement solution. But if you sum the three, you end mm -hmm. up with something that is way above your, yeah. So that's an area. I would say anything else from a product standpoint is always dictated by customers. Like, you know, we had a first customer said, hey, I'm like my, marketing spends, my marketing performance is affected by weather. Why not consider weather within the models? And then we added support for like weather data. So I think that now more than half the features are because someone said, this is relevant for me. You're like, oh, this is, could also be relevant for everybody else. So we definitely listen to what people tell us. The moving towards that ground truth is uh, super interesting and timely. One of the challenges that I've had in thinking about how to use incremental is this idea of, is this spend change that we're making large enough to detect a, a change? Because I know your point of view on this is the spend change needs to be large enough within the spend that you're changing I think to myself, it needs to be large enough to show up within the total media mix. If you're spending $100,000 a day and you want to see if Facebook is incremental, sometimes I think, is spending $1,000 more on this campaign going to show that? Or do we have to spend as an overall percentage of our media mix to understand that? Uh, Most of our effort is to allow you to measure even the small changes. I think again, if you're if you're only trying to measure the big changes, a you don't need an incremental for that. You have Excel, um, and and again, it's like that's one of the problems essentially with MMM technology that we're not big fans of is that you need to make drastic large changes and wait in order to run your MMM. So imagine again as a marketer, you you now decided to test a new channel. And you started a new channel. Attribution is showing you crappy results. Pardon my French. Um, <laughs> MMM basically says, hey, you need to wait now for a month at least before I tell you if this new channel was worth it. I don't know any marketer who will be willing to say, you know what? Yeah, you're like, I'm just going to wait. And, and again, if you always remember, like MMM comes from like the retailers, the big brands of the world who are not direct to consumers. Okay, when you are a brand and you're selling through retail chains, you have absolutely no touch with, touches with your audiences, actually. You can run surveys, and again, you've used Nielsen, and you had all these like legacy methodology, and MMM was perfect for you because you also had like 30, 30, like 20, 30 years of historical data to overlay. Um, 
Like, I think that most of our customers are definitely like companies born in the last 10 to 20 years. And MMM is just A, not practical and not useful for them. Right. And they more than likely will be relying on some combination of using measures from incremental and then attributed data, something like that. Um, I, I do want to continue to kind of like poke and prod. I, I know that, you know, that um, your perspective is, it really depends on the advertiser on what's incremental and, and not. Um, are there any just, you know, outliers or spend changes that you've seen that you just think, hey, advertisers on the whole may be spending too much on Facebook or may not be spending enough in mm. offline, et cetera. Uh, so like a couple of, of like high level analysis I could share with you. So generally speaking, Facebook was hurt the most by Apple's change. So like we see a lot of companies who post ATT cut Facebook because they thought I'm getting like hundred dollar cost per install on mobile. Incremental reality shows a very, very, very different picture. Uh, that's like one generic observation. The other one is uh, what is called like seasonal adjustments on Google. So I think here there's like a hundred years of habit basically saying, hey, Q4 spend more. Um, data has often showed us, nope, if you're getting like peak seasonality thanks to the holiday, <laughs> put your budgets into your profits. Um, you're, you're literally now enjoying a peak seasonality and here you can always claim the counter argument. If we spent more, we might've gotten more, which <laughs> is almost kind of like addiction. Right. Yeah. So uh, we've seen a lot of people who, who basically like spend no matter what in certain peak moments. Uh, and we've seen ones who massively enjoyed uh, higher profits thanks to optimizing against seasonal moments as well. It means... Cool lower my spend, cap my bids. Um, Google has a feature for this. It's called seasonal adjustments. It's hidden somewhere within AdWords. Um, but you can actually even instruct the model, hey, do something different because of my seasonality. That's a, that's a really cool feature that most of the people I spoke with had no idea this existed. Now a few people may, might. <laughs> uh, last, last couple of questions. You know, this is called the efficient spend podcast. So, what is the most efficient spend that that you've uh, you've made in media spend, and what's the most inefficient, personally? Um, wow, more, most efficient. You're taking me like a long, long time in the past. Was like an email shoot in Germany in my uh, golden days as a <laughs> media director at an online gambling company. Um, this was like a crazy high quality email shoot list that was by far generated the most amount of like high paying users for the company. Crazy ROAS like in the thousands um, that all remained with the company. I don't know who those users were, probably the company did, uh, because they all made it to what we call VAP5. VAP5 was people who were spending more than 200,000 on wow. this game. Yeah, the most efficient by far. Um, most inefficient was a mistake I once did uh, not setting uh, bid caps on Google. Uh, and uh, 
burn through $75,000 over a course of 12 hours, woke up, got a call from my boss, didn't fire me, just told me never again. Never again. Cool. Thank you so much, Mayor. This was great. And yeah, have a great day. Thank you too.